Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> What's up, YouTube? I'm Minister Derek Hallett of Sound the Trumpet Ministries. SoundTheTrumpetMinistries.com. And today I want to do a teaching called Manimals. I want to do a teaching called Manimals. Now, I know that most people are probably still waking up, you know, because some people partied like it was 1999 last night. But, you know, I'm doing this particular teaching. I was supposed to do uh, one last night, but I got a last minute call that I had to go to work and everything. You know, it was a favor. Uh, hey, Sister Brown Eyes or Nicole. But, you know, um, there was something that, um, I had to do because of the fact that when I was going to the man up meeting, you know, that weekend I took off to go there. So, you know, my boss called me and was like, Hey, you know, I need you to work for me or whatever. So, you know, I had to go in. I would have much rather have been giving you guys the word and spending time in the spirit and being in Jesus Christ, you know, but we can take the Lord wherever we go. But yeah, last night's teaching, Hey sister, Sarah, um, you know, what ended up being interrupted, but I'm doing a short one today. And then tomorrow I'm going to do another uh, teaching. Hey, brother, Sal, you know, so uh, happy new year to everybody, even though it's not the real new year. The real new year is in March, according to the Hebrew calendar. But, you know, we call it a new year. It, it is what it is. But anyways, um, you know, you guys might have looked at those two particular those pictures on the thumbnail. And some people would say, man, how could you pick up pictures that are that disturbing <laughs> to put on a thumbnail? But I want people to understand, hey, Brother Court, that is what I saw last night. OK, that's what was out at the clubs. That's what's in the education system. That's what's walking all over the world today, believing that it doesn't need Jesus Christ. OK, uh, this thing is called Manimals. I did a teaching that I recommend everybody pick up. Maybe, um, you know, I'll probably post it on Facebook later, but it's called uh, Devolution from Man to Beast because that's what we're truly becoming today. That's what's really playing out and that's what's really in the world. So, you know, um, you get the chance, check that out. That'll give more understanding of what we're going to be talking about tonight. But, you know, we are truly becoming manimals. I know a lot of people think this thing is about transhumanism and all that stuff going on, even though there is some truth to that. But you know what? You can't have transhumanism unless you have men that have become beasts that desire such things. And this all has to do with devolution. This all has to do with degradation. This all has to do with, I don't want God in my life. And we're gonna even look up the statistics today, guys of what happened in 1962 when God and prayer was taken out of schools. We're going to be looking at all this stuff, man, because, you know, there, there's a slow process of a rap, I mean, you know, of a decline of man and all the things that are going on. Last night, man, you saw some of the most beautiful women going into the hotels, 
drunk out of their minds, you know, everybody naked, you know, skirts up to their tonsils, women throwing up in the street, men chasing women like a mongrel dog, both of them coming out of the uh, hotel drunk and, you know, just all messed up. But you see, this is what we have become in society. And I remember Pastor Price said something, um, man, a few years ago, but he said, you know what, even though the world was corrupted back then, but Barbara Streisand, when she went out for the awards to sing, or she went out on stage, she was in an evening gown, you know, probably looking really, you know, elegant and everything. And when she sang, she was appreciated for her voice. But he said, you forward it to 2016, 2017, 2018, you got Beyonce twerking like a Great Dane dog, you know, hunching like a dog, you know, showing her full body and everything else. But this is what we have become as a society. And almost every man that brought their woman into that hotel last night, every single one of them were almost naked. And, and that's true what Pastor Price said when he mentioned that when you see women dressed like that, it has everything to do with a whoremongering man. What women will eventually become is what society says. A woman can say all she wants. I don't need a man. I can live my life. You know, feminists can preach whatever there is they want to preach, but a woman will be a reflection of what that man is in society. When you find women like that, that's what the men want to see. They're either trying to catch a man or they're trying to keep or please a man. So when you see women dressed like that, you know what I mean? Cleavage shown. One woman walked in. She didn't even really have a dress or a shirt. She pretty much had, you know, bottoms with suspenders. Okay, just enough to cover the front of her breast. And I mean, it's just like, man, is this what we're becoming? Because I'm eventually expecting to see in society, man, when we walk through these streets in the future, man, it's going to be modern day Sodom and Gomorrah. You're going to be jumped by, by sodomites. You're going to find people having sex like animals out in public. You're going to have primetime naked sex on primetime um, network TV. You guys watch. Now that they're cursing on TV, the devil's going to bring it to an all-time low. But what keeps the ratings high? What keeps people watching it? What keeps the lukewarm Christian every now and then turning to this garbage? And it is because we are becoming manimals, okay? Part man, part animal. But, you know, we're going to prove tonight that man without God is a beast. And that's the way it's been. That's the way it's always been. That's what we're going to examine tonight. You listen to the filth coming in the airwaves. You listen to, you know, you got guys like like uh, Pastor Price said, Don Lemon and, you know, Shepard Smith and Anderson Cooper, homosexuals giving you the news, telling you all this stuff. Like, what can they actually say about morals? You know, and it ain't going to be about just homosexuals tonight, man. It's going to be about sin. Because you see, it's sin itself that separates us from God. And that's what we got to start paying attention to, guys. We are becoming animals. I don't care how we dress ourselves up. I don't care how we desire to look. I don't care how glamorous we think we are. A man without God is a beast. And that's what we're going to be talking about. So, hey, Sister Chastity, as I said, Sister Nicole, Sister Sarah, Brother Sal, Brother Cord. You know, uh, thank you guys for being on. I know some people are still dead and sleeping, but, you know, let's get right into this lesson. Let's pray. 
and we're going to get right in as we talk about these manimals because you're seeing them everywhere. Okay, so let's pray and let's get right into this lesson. Heavenly Father, Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for another year, for another day not promised to us. And we just ask, Lord, that you forgive us of our sins and our iniquities and our shortcomings and our transgressions and those things, Lord, that place a veil between you and us. Lord, I'm grateful for this time that you've given me with my brothers and sisters, that we have yet another day to be partakers of your word, to be edified by your spirit, that we may choose life and not death. And we just pray, Lord, for the comforter. We pray for the Holy Ghost. We pray for the spirit of truth. He that has meant to bring us into all truth and righteousness, we pray, Lord God, today that you speak, that you bring revelation and understanding, Lord, that you may even convict the heart of his wrongs, Lord, that he may desire to turn towards life. And we just ask, Lord, that no man's heart be heard in his teaching. Lord, we pray that no flesh be glorified. We thank you, Lord, for the brothers and sisters, Lord, that made it into a new year, Lord, that in spite of all the evil last night, and in spite of the things that 2019 brought, that you have put us in your armor, Lord, that you have continued to be good and merciful, even in our foolishness, even in our stupidity, even in the things, Lord, that we have not yet given over to you. We just thank you, Lord, for your time. We thank you, Lord, for being a father and Jesus Christ being our Lord and Savior that you may have with your spirit transforming you and us, Lord, I mean, all of us from faith to faith, glory to glory, Lord, that we may be transformed into your image. And we just pray, Lord, in Jesus' name that you bind every foul spirit, every demonic spirit, every spirit of error, every spirit of contention and confusion, every spirit of jealousy, malice, and hatred, all spirits of fear, doubt, and unbelief, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name that you bind the devil, that you keep him at bay, that you cast him out like the dog that he is, that your people may have the victory in you this day. For you are the King of Kings, there is no doubt. You are the Lord of Lords, there is no doubt. You are faithful, just, and true, and worthy of all praises. We pray, Lord, and we ask that all these things be done for your glory and your honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So tonight's teaching, guys, is gonna be a, a pretty tough one. It's gonna be one that, you know, gonna convict the heart, but you know what? That's good for the soul because we gotta understand that the Bible tells us in Isaiah 55, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. As far as the heavens are from the earth, so are God's ways above our ways. Every day we're learning to become more holy. Every day we get a little bit more of his spirit if we stay with Christ. Every day he teaches us things in his word, the things that he likes and the things that he doesn't like so that we can be in good standing with God. Hey, Sister Latoya, hope all is well, sister. Happy New Year. So let's get in. Let's go to Genesis chapter one. And I got a couple of statistics that I'm going to uh, present to you guys that, you know, you guys are going to find very interesting. I'm going to read those in a few, but let's go to Genesis chapter one to get started. We know that this is the creation of man. We know that God's original plan was something that he had that didn't even resemble what you and I see today. So if you guys look at Genesis chapter one, let me see where I want to begin. Okay, Genesis chapter one, and I want to 
look at verse 20. So let's look at Genesis chapter one, and we're gonna look at verse 20. Hey, brother Rock T, hope all is well, man. Happy new year. So it says in the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Look at verse 20. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. So you can see that this is the fifth day. God has created the animals. He's got them involved in, um, in the creation. They're all doing their part. He first started with the, um, with the birds, you know, that they may fly abundantly. Look at verse 21, and God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind and every winged fowl after his kind, and God saw that it was good. So we know today they try and put a little, you know, evolution into it to say that all these things evolved, but like the Bible says, God made original creations and every living thing would bring forth after its kind. This is so important, guys, that we get a grip of this early in this teaching that we may understand the latter end of it. They all brought forth after their kind. There is no monkey that turned into a wolf that turned into a human, okay? There, there was everything brought forth after its kind. So look at verse 22. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let the fowl multiply in the earth. So the birds were to uh, be fruitful and multiply, continue to be birds. You had the, all the uh, animals in the water, you know, that were supposed to reproduce after their kind. They were supposed to um, fill the waters. Look at verse, um, uh, verse uh, 23. In the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping things like insects and beasts of the earth after his kind. And it was so. So we know that this is day number six. Now he's working with the land animals and, and they were on the earth. And he says, let them bring forth after their kind. Look at verse 25. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, the cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. So this is a beautiful creation. The animals today are still bringing forth after their kind. Look at verse 26. And God said, let us, that word is plural, make man in our image. That is also plural after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over uh, the fowl of the air and over every cattle or over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So as you can see, God here says, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Who was there? Father, son, and Holy Ghost. Those three were all a part of the creation. The father desired it, the son performed it, or the son went forward to carry it out with the power of the Holy Ghost. So he gave man a special place. He said, make man in our image, body, soul, and spirit. After our likeness, they would have God's divine nature. And then it makes clear here 
that they were to have dominion over the animals, over everything that creepeth upon the earth. Look at verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he man or him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. An interesting thing about that word replenish, that word didn't have the meaning that it has today. That word for replenish back then meant simply to fill. That's all it meant. You know, today we would say, I would take a glass of water to replenish myself because I am famished or I'm thirsting or whatever. But that wasn't its original meaning. That didn't change until the 1800s. But that word replenish just simply meant to fill. All right. But anyway, look at verse 29. And God said, behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed uh, to you. It shall be for meat and to every beast of the earth and unto every fowl of the end and to everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw that everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good, and the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So as you can see on the sixth day, hey, Brother Kev, on the sixth day, you've got man, you know, and beast created. But the interesting thing was, God gave man dominion over all creation, over the beast. The beast themselves were to be subject, okay? I don't know why people want to call me the moment that I'm teaching, but, you know, you would think everybody got the memo. But here's the thing, that God made man and gave him dominion over the beast of the field and over the fowl of the air. So everything was subject to man. Adam had dominion over all. All right. Now, that's not what we're seeing today. You find man today want to mimic more of the beast. Man doesn't want to be married. Man thinks it's OK to kill his own kids when it's convenient. Man wants to desire man and marry him. And woman wants to desire woman. Something has gone terribly wrong with the human experience, with man's experience. Somehow he stopped being like God and now he's behaving like the beast. Now we gotta see why that is. We gotta look at this because man didn't just desire to be filthy. There was a flip, something happened that caused this particular situation. Hey, brother Randy. So let's go on to Genesis chapter three. We're gonna examine this real quick and then we're gonna really get into this lesson. But let's look at Genesis chapter three, man was given dominion. You read Genesis chapter two when the Bible talks about how the garden would water itself how, you know, uh, God took the rib out of Adam and made Eve. And all these things were beautiful in creation. She was bone of his bones. She was flesh of his flesh. She was called woman because she was taken out of man. Hey, Sister Naima. So let's get right into this lesson. Let's look at Genesis chapter three. And we are going to begin with verse one. Genesis three and one. It says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. So one thing we understand about the serpent, he is a beast. 
okay? He was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And, and he said unto the woman, yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Okay, and then it says, then the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes will be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband with her and he did eat. So one thing we're looking at with Adam here, Eve had to be his God. Why? Because Adam was there during the whole conversation and he didn't exercise dominion. But, but the more important part of this whole study of this whole message is that the beast itself influenced man to obey him. Now we know that this beast is Satan. It wasn't an ordinary snake, but we must understand why the devil came in the form of a serpent. Because if he could get man to obey the beast, then man would be a partaker of the nature of the beast and not the nature of the Lord God. This is where the flip occurred. This is where man became godless and man desired to be his own. This is the fruit that the serpent had spewed out unto man and man had become a partaker of. If you wanna see what these fruit are, go to Galatians chapter five, where it talks about the works of the flesh. That's what the devil was spewing out. The devil was also spewing out the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. The same th three things that leads fallen man today. But what does God want you and I to be today? Partaker of his fruit. What are those fruit? Love, joy, peace, long suffering, goodness, gentleness, faith, meekness, and temperance. The Bible says for such, there is no law, okay? But man himself became subject to the beast and developed a beast-like nature because instead of man having dominion over the beast, man desired to serve the beast. And when you serve the beast, when you don't recognize what you're hearing in the airwaves is, is a part of the nature of the beast, when you don't recognize the filth you're seeing on TV is a part of the beast, when they can tell you that man came from a monkey in the education system six million years ago, and you don't understand that that's the doctrine of the beast, when you hear about all this prosperity garbage, this naming and claiming, all this other ecumenical foolishness, when you don't understand that that's all a part of the nature and the doctrine of the beast, then we're gonna be subject to it and that is how we're gonna live. Even once saved, always saved is a doctrine of the beast. Why? Because God has given us his nature. God desires for you and I to be like him. But what do you see man doing today? Just like two dogs. A dog wants to fornicate, man fornicates. A dog wants to go and eat whenever he wants to eat, be gluttonous and be lawless and go and do all he does, living like, you know, like, you know, the law of the jungle. This is what you're seeing today. You've got man mimicking the beast. Look at little Wayne a beast that needs to be saved and give his life over to the Lord. Look at Jay-Z and Beyonce. Look at the Kardashians. 
Look at Kanye West in the churches acting like he's a Christian, bringing forth that beast doctrine. Look at Joe Osteen. Look at all the filth, guys, that you are seeing today. And this is what people are modeling after. We're going to even show through statistics, SAT scores are, are, are way lower today because of all this garbage being pumped in their heads. This is why they took God and prayer out of schools, because they did not want to be governed by God. They wanted to be governed by the beast. And this is what it is. Man was only made for one purpose, and that was to have Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, to be full of the spirit, to be in God's image and God's likeness. But what do you find today? The image of the beast. And we're going to keep going here. We're going to keep talking about this because lately the Lord has been showing me more and more about this image of the beast. People are looking for some two or three headed being or, you know, some hybrid. No, the hybrid begins in the very nature. It began here. When they obeyed the beast, then they became children of the beast and the beast became their God. So let's look at this. They weren't partakers of the tree of life anymore. They became partakers of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And it is that smug pride that man has today that thinks that he knows a lot of stuff, but he, he's forgotten all about whom he's supposed to know, which is Jesus Christ. So you, you, it's amazing how you can have scientists with all this education. These guys know all this stuff. They understand astrophysics their nuclear, you know, physics and all these other things that they're into. But yet they can build atomic bombs to destroy and kill. They can design weapons for war to destroy their enemies when we only got one enemy, and that is Satan. That is the best that the beast can do. In the medical world, they're injecting babies with hepatitis. You know, they're bringing forth all sorts of things. Women are screaming, it's my right to choose. This is the best that the beast can do. If you leave a beast to himself, the law of the jungle, he will destroy himself. And this is what you're seeing. And what are people doing? They're taking pride in their destruction. And this is crazy. So look at verse seven. And the eyes of them both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Now, now that God has become foreign to them and they are partakers of the nature of the beast, you see now they don't even wanna be in the presence of God. This is just like your dog, guys. If anybody has a pet in the house, a cat or whatever, now you know they may go in places they're not supposed to when you're not there. They may pee on your couch, they may, you know, uh, go on your carpet or whatever is going on, but where normally your cat or your dog would greet you because they know they're in good standing with you, they're now hiding under the bed. And even when you call them, they won't come. Why? Because they know what they have done is wrong. Outside of the law that you have set before them, this is what you're seeing. And this is why today, even when we preach the gospel, it is foreign to man. Man is so afraid of the gospel. Man, I remember one day there was a student that, that um, overheard me talking to another coworker about the Lord and his goodness and everything that he's done for me. And one of my students said, 
Guys, you're you're making me feel uncomfortable. I mean, this is I just feel so weird. I feel uncomfortable in this conversation. But this same kid has a filthy mouth. We'll talk about the chicks that he's banging. We'll talk about hoes and guns and drugs and all this other stuff. Have filthy, you know, music, rap music in his ears. But he overheard me talking about how God has been good to me and he's feeling uncomfortable. What's wrong with that young man? He's got the nature of the beast. Okay, he's got demons within his soul that allows even normal conversation to be foreign to him. But you see, that's what we're dealing with today. And they're getting younger and younger. They're in every place of society today. Man, we better start preaching Christ and stop worrying about, you know, kindly etiquette or being professional because we are losing our youth. So look at verse nine. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told thee that thou was naked? Has thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? Do you know when we were children, just to show you about the age of innocence, we were probably three and four years old, maybe two and three. My mom used to put my sister and I in the bathtub together to, to take baths, you know, like why waste the water, put them in there. I'm going to wash them both. We would be, we were uh, spraying water on one another and bubbles in the water and having a good old time. And, you know, my mom would take us out of the water and prepare us for bed. But you see, neither one of us were looking at body parts, trying to see what we could see or had even any, any understanding of that. You know, because when children are born, they're born in the age of innocence. All they know is how to have fun. All they know is how to be kids. Those things don't even enter into our minds. Hey, Brother Daryl, now don't you know that even now that, now that they have sex education in schools, they're teaching kids how to masturbate. They're teaching, and since they've been teaching safe sex and sex education, it meant sex has gone up with the children. I mean, maybe like men five, 600%. I got to pull those statistics up, but it has gotten so bad that you can't tell kids, here's how you do a thing, but oh, by the way, don't do it. No, a kid in his curiosity in his age of innocence is going to seek after things that he doesn't know. And, and don't think that the devil didn't know this. Don't think that they didn't teach that for a reason. Of course they did. They wanted to pervert and corrupt by calling it you know, sex education, but really they were turning you on to filth and perversion. Now they're teaching kids, young kids, fourth and fifth grade, how to masturbate, and they're calling it healthy. What is the devil doing through his, through his filth and, and what he's preaching? He is trying to destroy the minds of these children. He's trying very hard to turn the image of God into the image of a beast. Chances are most kids have heard of the devil today before they've even heard of Jesus Christ. They've heard of filth and perversion before they've heard of the Lord. Now, some people would ask, how can this even spread this much? How can this happen? This happens because whatever generation desires the image of the beast that is unsaved, all you're gonna do is teach it to your children. And this is what the Bible meant in the beginning when he says that each beast would bring forth after his kind. That's what you're seeing today. 
What are we doing when we think rap music is okay to play before our children? You're bringing forth beasts after your kind. When you're accepting of homosexuality, although you call yourself a Christian, you are allowing the image of the beast to bring forth after his kind. The devil's a genius. The devil knew that this would happen. That's why we must all become born again and stand for what's right, because the only thing being reproduced in this world today, even within churches, is the image of the beast. And it's time, man, that we if we call ourselves Christians, we need to bring forth life after our own. But what we need to do is stay connected to the Lord. Now, you know, from here, Adam and Eve turned on one another. You know, Adam was no longer the responsible man that God had made him. He began blaming his wife for everything that went on. He's been fighting against God since, since this time. You know, he has no covering because he needs to be born again because God's not going to touch that which is unclean. We have to repent and desire to know Christ that we may be born again and we may bring forth life after Jesus Christ. But this is what happened. And then from here, they went right back to the dust, just like two animals with no purpose, no future no God. This is the image of the beast. What did the devil spawn that day in the Garden of Eden? He spawned manimals. Although Abel became a righteous seed and obeyed God, but Cain himself desired to kill his own brother. This is what you're seeing today. And if you go down every single generation, you're going to have that manimal in the midst. You're going to have that one that desires to be like a beast and not like God. And when we will not allow ourselves to be governed by the Lord, we will be governed by manimals. Last night, like I said, being at work, the ball's about to drop and you got a bunch of animals, well-dressed, in nice clothing, beautiful women, but they're nothing more than animals. They may as well have had hooves on instead of heels. But man, throwing up in the street, I mean, mouths filthier than you can possibly imagine the stuff that they were saying, trying to come on to men and their drunken, you know, lust. And I mean, man, it was disgusting. It was disgusting. But, you know, there are a lot of lukewarm Christians that also partied like that last night. And don't think God didn't see you because he did. But you see, this is one of those things where this is what we're becoming. Unless we come to the reality that man without God is a beast, then man, we're never going to see it God's way. We're never going to get done in Christ what we need to do. We need to end all the foolishness and get right with the Lord. Because, you know, some of us are old enough to remember a time that wasn't like this. As I said before, guys, I remember growing up in school or just being a kid, there was probably one or two homosexuals, you know, the ones that the guys that walk around like women that are open and, you know, they don't really talk to anybody. They just walk and they roam and, you know, they're not in their right mind. There was only like one or two of them that I can count in the neighborhood growing up. Now, wherever you go, no matter what you do, whether you're going into a restaurant to eat, whether you're going into the post office to mail something, whether you are in the movie theater, whether you're flying a plane, on a plane. You see that spirit everywhere. And it ain't just them, man. It's not just the homosexuals. This thing begins in perversion. This thing begins in not having God rule over your life. 
This thing begins that you can do and say whatever pleases you. This is what leads you down that path, which we're going to be talking about in a few. But right now, let's move on. I want to go to Luke chapter four, because you see in the Garden of Eden, the beast slew man. But now we're going to look at Luke four, the man slays the beast. And this is how it's supposed to be. And this is how we should be concerning the Lord. Even when you can't stop eating, even when you can't give yourself over to fasting, even when your lusting desires have dominion over the things that God calls you to, that is the nature of the beast. Because if you look up what carnal man really means, you know, it, it really has everything to do with being more like animal than man. God didn't make man carnal. God made man spiritual. And that's what we got to look at and we must understand. So let's look at uh, Luke 4 and we're going to begin at verse 1. And then I'm going to read some, some of these statistics to you guys. Luke 4, look at verse 1. It says, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. So you see, it's the same old devil. This time he's coming as the devil. And in those days did he eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterwards, he hungered. And the devil said unto him, if thou be the son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him saying, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So the spirit of the Lord, hey, brother Frederick came to destroy the old man that the new man may be in Christ, may be full of the spirit. But notice the devil tried to tempt him here. Hey man, I know after 40 days you hungry, why don't you just eat? Why don't you turn this stone that it be made bread? Jesus didn't say, you know Satan, I don't have the power to do that. No, Jesus had the power to do it. He could have commanded that stone that it be made bread. But Jesus knew in obeying the father and not the beast, he was slowly but surely slaying the beast. We better look at that because you see the beast tried to bring him back to his stomach. Jesus brought the beast back to the word of God. Now we know that the beast don't like the word of God. So the beast will eventually subside. That's why when you fast, you don't have an appetite for a lot of the things that you used to. Why? Because you are killing the old man and becoming alive in spirit to Jesus Christ. Look at verse five. And the devil taking him up, into a high mountain shewed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, all this power will I give thee and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will give it. So the devil made clear, this whole world belongs to him. Stop pretending, stop lying to yourself. Stop acting like you didn't read this and didn't hear it. Every single institution, guys, that you can think of, every piece in this world outside of the life of Jesus Christ and a personal relationship being born again belongs to the devil. Okay? So anyway, he says he'll give it to whomsoever he will. Look at verse 7. If thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So Jesus, and I'm, you know, man, the Lord is showing me more and more of this stuff. I know that we got to live in this world, guys. 
And I know that we got things to do. And I know that there are things that we do every day that helps to make our lives more comfortable. But I can tell, man, as this thing and persecution picks up, there's going to be no room for us in this world. Jesus said from the very beginning, I worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. The devil showed him every single institution that Jesus could be in. You know, hey, man, maybe you want to be a president. Maybe you want to be an emperor. Maybe I'll give you all the worlds and you'll become somebody popular in Hollywood. Maybe you'll become a doctor. Maybe you'll be this or that. He, he showed him all the kingdoms of the world, probably showed him what the future, what he was planning to do in this world. But you see, Jesus himself says, I worship the Lord thy God, in him only shalt thou serve. You know what I think? If Jesus knew being that full of the spirit and what he was called to do, if he would have even have become a janitor, if he would have even become a painter, that might have even taken away the time between him and the Lord to do the Lord's will. You got to think about that. I'm not telling anybody to quit their job. So don't even message me with that foolishness, okay? The point that I'm making is the work was so important in slaying the beast that Jesus couldn't have any part of anything in this world. Eventually, guys, we're going back to this because you know in the future, you won't be able to buy or sell except you receive a mark. And what, would it, what mark is that? That's the mark of the beast. So anyway, look at, uh, look at verse nine. And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down from hence. So what is he testing in the Lord here? The pride of life. You know, prove yourself to me. Show me who you are. But notice he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of, of the temple. You know what I think he was bringing Jesus here in some ways? Religion. I think he was trying to get Jesus to be religious. Okay, okay, Jesus, you quoted twice about what is written. So now I'm gonna bring you to the temple. I'm gonna get real religious on you. And now I'm gonna quote to you what is written. Look at this. He says, for it is written, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands, they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thou foot against the stone. What is that? That's Psalm 91. So the devil said to him, okay, throw yourself down and prove it because you can't die if you be the son of God. But you see, Jesus understood something far more important that went down in that garden of Eden. When man obeyed the beast, man was no longer the son of God. What, what did man become? The son of the beast. Now, some people can say, does the beast have children? Does the devil have children? Absolutely. And John 8 and 44, Jesus said to those Pharisees, you are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he abodes not in the truth. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, because he is a liar and the father of it. So you see, because they had the nature of Satan and they obeyed Satan in opposing Jesus Christ, that they were the children of Satan. And you see, any part of us, guys, that we don't give over to the Lord, Satan still has some reign in your life. That's why it's important that we die out to self, that we slay the beast. Instead of the beast slaying man, we slay the beast in Jesus Christ by becoming obedient 
and walking in the spirit that there will be no appetite for the lust of the flesh. So anyway, look at this. And Jesus uh, answering said unto him, "It is." Uh, he, he said, sorry, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptations, he departed from him for a season. So what does that mean? The devil will be back. The same thing with the flesh. You might be feeling mighty strong, men of God, after, this, after the conference, the man up meeting. You might have had bands and shackles broken off of you. But best believe, if you don't stay up under the spirit, if you don't stay up following the Lord and all the things that we learned there, all the things that we talked about, all the dangers that we knew would come, this beast will come back over you and put you back in captivity. That's why it's important when we have the truth, we must know what to do with it. If we walk in the spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So it says the devil left him for a season. Look at verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the spirit into Galilee and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. So Jesus returned in the power of the spirit. What's keeping you and I from walking in the power? That manimal nature, that nature of the beast, the lust and desires that the beast still wants. Do we understand even how hardcore Jesus was, how he went forward to do what he did? He had no treasures here. There was nothing that he was trying to maintain here other than to win souls to Jesus Christ. And he taught in their synagogues being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. This, this is Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. You see how he went right after those that were in captivity to the beast. He came to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That's two. To preach deliverance to the captives. That's three. And the recovering of sight to the blind. That's four to set at liberty them that are bruised, that's five, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, that is six. What happened on the sixth day? Man and beast were made. One was supposed to be subject to the other, but they failed. And what happened? The beast, okay, became the God over fallen man. What did Jesus come to do? Earlier in this chapter, he slayed the dragon by overcoming the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, by overcoming the world, the flesh, and the devil. Those six things, six here that he came to do, being led of the spirit, he slayed Adam. What did Jesus Christ come to do? Slay Adam, slay the manimal, slay the son of the beast, that, that people can be set free and given over to Jesus Christ. That's what we're here to do because people are losing their minds. People have gone crazy. People are believing in some stuff today that, I mean, there's almost no morals in sight. The devil's turned this world upside down that there is no right from wrong anymore. Don't you see that? Don't you see everything is gray? Don't you see everything is foolishness? Don't you see everything has, has got nothing to do with being sober and holy and sanctified and pursuing Christ? You've got a mixed up gospel today. You've got a false spirit in the churches today. 
and you've got, you know, a, a false Jesus that accommodates man and his sin. But the Jesus I know came to put away sin. The Jesus I know died on the cross 2000 years ago to save you and I and to set the captives free. And that's what we've got to flock to. You must understand without God, you are a manimal. You're a beast. Okay, so let's look at Ecclesiastes 3. Well, I pull these statistics up and we're gonna get right into this lesson, guys. But this is important that we really understand this. Every walk in society today is of the beast. The only one not touched by it is the born again Christian that gives his life over to Jesus. Hey, brother Derek. Hope all is well, bro. So let's look. Uh, let's look at verse sixteen, Ecclesiastes three, guys, and let's look at verse sixteen. So he says, and moreover, I saw under the sun the place of judgment that wickedness was there, and the place of righteousness that iniquity was there. I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked for there is a time there um for there is a time there for every purpose and for every work so what is he talking about the judgment this is the judgment of almighty god when he comes back to judge man solomon is, is able to see this now you remember earlier in this chapter there was a time for rain there was a time for sun there was a time for play there was a time to do all these different things, but now he's speaking of the appointed time, which is the judgment of Almighty God, who is gonna judge every man according to his works and his deeds. So this is why it's important that we have a changed nature and we desire the Lord. Look at verse 18. He says, I said in mine heart concerning the estate of the sons of men. So this is a matter concerning all mankind, guys, that God might manifest them that they might see that they themselves are beasts. When do we usually become aware of this? When we become born again, when, when, when the Lord shows you who you are and you desire to be made right. You know, you're never gonna change unless you see yourself for what you are. You might've seen yourself as an eloquent orator, as a really nice guy, you know, a man of God, you know, and got everything going for himself. But you know what, even while we go through the process of sanctification, the Lord continues to show you your flaws. You know what, Derek, you're proud. You think you know a lot, you're argumentative. You know, you can be very slothful sometimes. You don't give people the things that they need at times. Do you only speak to be heard, Derek? Do you like to crack jokes instead of preaching the gospel? Do you appear to be righteous sometimes and not in others? You see, God shows you the very nature and the things that are in you so that you can change. This ain't about trying to perform for people. I truly desire to be holy. And I pray that the Lord continues to work with us. And I pray that we see ourselves as such because when we're standing before the judgment seat of Christ, we're gonna have to give an account for everything that we have done. Not just what we've done, but why we've done these things. We're gonna get an X-ray of the heart that God may know the intent behind every single thing that you and I have done. So he says that, you know, we may show ourselves that we are beasts. These are men without God. Look at verse 19. For that which befalleth the sons of men uh, befalleth beasts. Every one thing befalleth them 
As the one dieth, so dieth the other, yea, they, they have all one breath, so that a man have no preeminence above a beast, for all is vanity. Now, this is true. You know, man without God is a beast. Man eats like the beast. He fornicates like the beast. He lives lawless like the beast. He's overtaken by his flesh, just like the beast. The only separator between them and that, or us and them, is the spirit of God that transforms us back into the image of God's of God's image and God's likeness. Outside of that, we're just beasts. And that's why they try and tell you in school, no, you're not a man. You're a homo sapien sapien. You see all these scientific terms? You're a wise, wise man. You're an evolved animal, but you're no different than an animal. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That wasn't God's original plan. But you know what? If you're a fallen man desiring not to follow Jesus Christ, you are a beast. You are a man. You may as well be a homo sapien sapien because you see, you your life is no different than a beast. That's why he says, man have no preeminence over a beast. Now, in the beginning, God gave Adam dominion over the animals. When Satan flip-flopped that, animals or man became the same. There was no difference in dominion. It all remained the same. And this is what he's saying. If you're fallen, you have no preeminence over a beast. We better understand that. I don't care what logic we pull for not desiring to be married. Oh, it's just a piece of paper. No, you're just a fornicating beast that won't yield to the word of God and live in holy matrimony the way that God calls you to. Look at verse 20. All go unto one place. All are of the dust and all turn to dust again. Who knoweth the spirit of man that goeth upward and the spirit of the beast that goeth downward to the earth? Solomon said a mouthful here, guys. Notice that it's the spirit of man or that spirit of man that connecteth to God that goeth upward. You know, heavenward, Godward. But the spirit of the beast goeth downward towards the earth. That's why, you know, it's it's your nature, guys, that it's going to send you to hell. It's not, oh, God is not a good person and, you know, he's just mean and want to give everybody a hard time. It's got nothing to do with that. It is all in the nature. If you have the spirit of God, if man's spirit is connected to God, he's going to go upward because he's going to learn about righteousness. He's going to become righteous. He's going to be holy. He's going to be headed towards God. But the image of the beast or the nature of the beast goeth downward because man is not evolving. He's devolving without Christ. You see that? So you see, they goeth downward. If you've got the nature of the beast, man's spirit that is of God goeth upward. Look at verse 22. Wherefore I perceive that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his own works, for that is his portion. For who shall bring him to see what shall be after him? Only the spirit of God can, and that's what people better understand. What does the beast nature sound like? Oh, well, we all got to die sometime. Hey, man, you shouldn't be smoking and doing drugs. We all got to die sometime. Hey, man, you shouldn't be fornicating. That's going against your body. Your body. Man, I, that's what you believe, but I'm going to have me some fun. I'm going to live, I'm going to have fun, and I'm going to die. And we all got to go sometime. You see, a beast, he has no mindset towards eternity. It doesn't even, he doesn't even think about it. 
just like your dog doesn't think about it. This is the manimal. This is the individual that's running society today that's pushing all the stuff that he believes on you and your children. It's time that we wake up and understand Jesus Christ is the only way. He is the only way because outside of that, man is a beast. So let's look at something. Let me read this to you guys real quick. All right. This is an article that I picked up. You know, I was trying to find an article that I read a while back, but, you know, they're starting to remove a lot of things off of the Internet. You know why? The beast don't want you to get saved. The beast job is to hold you in captivity. OK, but look at this, guys. It says, what are some statistics on children when prayer was taken out of school? In 1963, Madeline Murray O'Hare won a lawsuit against the Baltimore school system, which voted in her favor eight to one to ban school prayer and label it unconstitutional, though not all of prayer was immediately banned from schools at the time. Through a process of time, almost all school prayer is banned today. Now, you see, this is the thing, too, that I want y'all to look at. A lot of Christians are gung-ho about the Constitution. You know, I did a teaching three years ago called Patriotism is Satanic. Pastor Price did a teaching about two years ago called, or three years ago, called American Patriotism. But you see, when Christians find themselves caught up in patriotism, this is how we become given over to the beast. Because you see, everybody says, no, the Constitution is just as good as the Bible. When you look at the Constitution, I mean, you know, it accommodates everything, and we don't have communist laws. We've got the Constitution. Well, let's examine the Constitution. Did it come from God or did it come from the devil? You know the surest way for, for this question to be answered? Look for the name of Jesus anywhere in the Constitution. You're not going to find it. You know why? It wasn't for Jesus. You see, a lot of people may look at freedom of speech and they may say, yeah, because after all, we're Christians and everybody should say what they feel. Freedom of the press? Yeah, we should all know what's going on in the world and get the facts. But what happens when the devil runs those things? You'll never see the truth. The devil controls all media. I don't have time to get into that tonight, but the beast, freedom of religion. Oh man, they're messing with my internet connection right now. They're calling it unstable, even though it's sunny out. So I'm gonna go over this again. Freedom of religion. Now that sounds beautiful, but you know what the American Christian thought? Yeah, that, that meant for us to go out and tell everybody what they need to know. Thank God for the constitution and all that it brings. Yeah, but freedom of religion, let me, let me tell you something. Freedom of religion means that even a Muslim can come here and promote what he believes. A Buddhist, a Hindu, this is what you're seeing today. They've been replenished by the East. You've got East, uh, um, Eastern culture being brought over here and their rights are just as valid as yours that they can worship who they worship. And that's all fine and well, except for one thing. They don't follow the God of the Bible. They are promoting the devil's religion and it's going all over the place. This thing, guys, let me, let me wake you up to the constitution. It was never about God. It was made by Freemasonry. It was made by those who knew the overall agenda and what the constitution would stand for. 
it never accommodated Jesus because they would have said the freedom to worship Jesus Christ. It didn't say that. It said freedom of religion because they had a plan to do a lot more. They were gonna bring the cultures and religions of the beast to come in and corrupt and push the spirit of God aside. And this is what you're seeing today. Teachers today that will tell you that there is no prayer, there is no talk of the Bible or God in school will now give children philosophies of Buddha, Confucius, you know, uh, what's his name, Krishna, and, and yoga in the school, okay? Because yoga is not an exercise, it's a religion. You can't separate yoga from Hinduism. It's only meant to do one thing, to yoke man to that demon goddess Kali, which is the goddess of death, which is in Hinduism. So you see the devil brings in, it's not about God not being in school. The devil's bringing in the God that he wants to be in school, which is himself. This is what we must look at. For all those gung-ho Christians about the constitution, yeah, it may be better than what you see communism as, but it was only meant to come here and to bring about an agenda. How did the Christians back in the day survive without the constitution? They did just fine with the word of God. But today, men are holding the constitution higher than they are holding the Bible. You see, and this is why they say, well, if the laws of the land have changed to accommodate homosexuality, other religions and all these things, who am I to go against it? But you see, the word of God is supposed to be above all. So now that they've taken God and prayer out of schools, and this woman called it unconstitutional, and of course they won that case for her. Look at this, look at what happened to the young people. For 15 years before 1963, pregnancies in girls ages 15 through 19 had been no more than 15,000. After 1963, pregnancies increased 187% in the next 15 years. That was in the next 15 years. So it must be a thousand percent now. This is two. For younger girls aged 10 to 14, pregnancies since 1963 are up 553%. It says before 1963, sexually transmitted diseases among students were 400 uh, per 100,000. Since 1963, they were up 226% in the next 12 years. This is B, the family. First, that was the young people. Now we're gonna look at the family. It says before 1963, divorce rates had been declining for 15 years. After 1963, divorce, divorces increased 300% each year for the next 15 years. And can you imagine? This thing is probably 10,000%. This is crazy, guys. It says, um, since 1963, unmarried people living together is up 353%. Since 1963, single parent families are up 140%. Since 1963, single parent families uh, with children are up 160%. You see that? With no God, man becomes the beast. Now I'm not dumping on single moms. I'm just telling single moms and dads, what's the cause of this? The beast is running the earth. The beast is dictating to you what should be and not the word of God. Okay, so that's what we must look at. 
Look at uh, uh, Brother Christian, you know, welcome. So look at this, now we're going into education. The educational standard of measure has been uh, the SAT scores. SAT scores uh, has been or had been steady for many years before 1963. From 1963, they rapidly declined for 18 consecutive years, even though the same test has been used since 1941. It says in 1974 to 75, the rate of decline of the SAT scores decreased, even though they continued to decline. That was when there was an explosion of private religious uh, schools. Uh, there were only uh, a thousand Christian schools in 1965. Between 1974 and 1984, they increased to 32,000. Man, it says that could have an impact if the private schools had higher SAT scores. And checking with the SAT board, it was found that indeed the SAT scores for private schools were nearly 100 points higher than public schools. In fact, the scores were at the point where the public schools had been before uh, their decline started in 1963 when prayer and the Bible reading instruction was removed from the schools. The scores of the public schools were still declining. And this is no lie, you look at public schools today, absolutely disgusted. You send your children to hell. That's why you can raise your child one way, bring them to school, and they become some creature that you don't even recognize. You didn't raise that. Look at verse, I mean, look at three. It says, of the nation's top academic scholars, three times as many come from private religious schools, which operate on one third of the funds as do the public schools. This is uh, three. I mean, this is D. This is the nation. Since 1963, violent crime has increased 544%. Illegal drugs have become an enormous and an uncontrollable problem. Uh, it says the nation has been deprived of an estimated 30 million citizens through legal abortions uh, just since 1973. Uh, excerpt from uh, there's a link that you guys can look this up. It says, may I add some ideas to consider before 1963, how many wars did America win? Since 1963, how many wars has America won? How many wars has America lost? Hmm. It says, so uh, since 1963, America has not only taken prayer out of schools or out of our schools, but we have been cursed because of this and now lose wars. Uh, do not be surprised for God shall not be mocked. And that, that's what it's talking about. Um, causing a, a smile tis your choice. This is what they're talking about. But as you can see, you know, man has become beast-like without the instruction of God, without the spirit of God. And this is what you've got going on today. So you see a lot of people may not like what I just said, but this is the truth. You know, there are no coincidences in this thing. Any man that will not be governed by God will be governed by the beast and his nature. And this is why you find the economy collapse. This is why three or 4,000 babies a day are being aborted in America alone. This is not about women's rights. This is not about homosexual rights. This is about the beast 
having dominion over man when God intended for the man to have dominion over the beast. That's all it says. Look at Daniel chapter four. Daniel chapter four, and then I'll, I'll get into another article. Now, a matter of fact, I'm gonna go to that article. You guys wait at Daniel chapter four, if you can. I'm gonna go to this other article because this is important. Well, I have an audience, I want people to hear this. This is called, guys, American College of Pediatrics Reaches Decision. Transgenderism of children is child abuse. So finally, someone is, is awakened to the reality of it that we can't afford to lose our youth anymore and have children, you know, being turned into animals. All right. Now you got Celine Dion and all these other people making a clothing line for children. How many people love Celine Dion growing up? But as you can see, all man can do aside from God is become a beast. He's a manimal. So look at this. The American College of Pediatricians issued a statement condemning gender reclassification in children by stating that transgenderism in children amounts to child abuse. The American College of Pediatricians urges educators and legislators to reject all policies that um, that condition children to accept as normal a life of chemical or surgical impersonation of the opposite sex, facts, ideology, determine reality. It says the policy statement authored by John Hopkins, a medical school a psychology professor, uh, John McHugh, uh, listed eight arguments on why gender reclassic reclassification is harmful. Here's the first. Human sexuality is an objective biological binary trait, either XY or XX are genetic markers of health, not genetic markers of a disorder. The same thing that we've been talking about, the same thing Pastor Price has been talking about, about genetics, about the new life, that God in the Bible, it says he created in Genesis 1, which we read, male and female. Okay, your genetics are not wrong. XY is the male, XX is the female, and that is what God made. So this guy got it right. I'll read that again. Human sexuality is an objective biological uh, binary trait. XY and XX are genetic markers of health, not genetic markers of disorder. This is two. No one is born with a gender. Everyone is born with a biological sex. Gender, gender and awareness and sense of oneself as male or female is a sociological and psychological uh, concept, not an objective biological one. Well, I kind of agree and I kind of disagree. I get what he's saying. Nobody even knows, you know what, you know, you're male or female or whatever, you're gonna act like you are. But I, I get where he's coming from. That sociological, we call it, you know, a uh, boy or girl, but in reality, we're only gonna be like our genetics truly are. And that's what we are, male and female. Look at three. A person's belief that he, that he or she is something uh, they are not is, at best, a sign of confused thinking. When an otherwise healthy biological boy believes he is a girl or an otherwise healthy biological girl believes she is a boy, 
An objective psychological problem exists that lies in the mind, not in the body, and it should be treated as such. And that's why you can go to any hardcore lesbian and make it clear to them, okay, that, you know, hey, you bleed every month just like every other woman. Don't try and act like a man. You're not a man. You're not a man, okay? You can still have children just like any other woman, which proves that you are a woman no matter how much you try and change yourself. Hey, sister, God of God, pay hope all is well. Look at four. Puberty is not a disease and puberty blocking hormones can be dangerous. Reversible or not puberty blocking hormones induce a state of disease. The absence of puberty and, uh, and in habit growth and fertility in a previously biologically um, healthy child. So trying to uh, corrupt and mess up what God is bringing shows that, you know, <laughs> I mean, you're, you're ruining the child. You can't change this thing. Look at verse five. According to the DSM of V, as many as 98% of gender confused boys and 88% of gender confused girls eventually accept their biological sex after naturally passing through puberty. Exactly. A child may be confused and may not understand a lot of things, but as they go through puberty, a girl would ask herself, why am I bleeding? Obviously, you're a girl and you're having that time of the month. You are now in the state of being able to be pregnant and to have children. This makes perfect sense. Look at R6. Children who use puberty blockers to impersonate the opposite sex will require cross-sex hormones in late adolescence. Uh, cross-sex hormones, testosterone and estrogen, are associated with dangerous health risks, including, uh, but not limited, to high blood pressure, blood clots, stroke, and cancer. So you don't want to mess around. This is seven. Rates of suicide are 20 times greater among adults who use cross-sex hormones and undergo sex reassignment surgery. Even in Sweden, which is among the most LGBTQ affirming countries. And what's going on in Sweden? You've got the Hadron Collider, okay, with them smashing atoms, opening portals, and you probably got more demons in Sweden Oh, no, actually, that's Switzerland. Forgive me, guys. But in Sweden, this thing is going on, too. In Europe and other areas, you've got this thing growing. You know, you're starting to see the clothing of men start to look like women. You got the clothing of women looking like men. And what does the Bible tell us in uh, Deuteronomy 22 and 5 or 6? That it is an abomination for a man to wear the attire of a woman and a woman to wear the attire of a man. This is the beast nature that they are doing. So I'm glad that the American College of Pediatrics is saying, guys, this is child abuse. What are they recognizing? We love children in God's image more than trying to stand for some foolish rights of what beasts want for themselves. Thank you, Jesus. You know, uh, Daniel, I don't think we have time to go to Daniel 4, guys. Read that in your spare time about Nebuchadnezzar lifted up in pride became a beast. I know we'll get to Daniel 4 one of these days, but it's such a long chapter that we got to recognize, you know, God was saying when Nebuchadnezzar wouldn't allow God to be his God, God took the heart of a man from him and gave, well, no, 
God gave him the heart of a beast because that's what Nebuchadnezzar truly was outside of God. And when you had that, his nails grew long like an animal. The hair grew on his body. He was wet with the dew of the earth. He was eating grass like an ox for seven years. After those seven years were up, he repented, gave his life to the Lord, and God returned him to normalcy. This is what we need, guys. We need the life of Jesus Christ to be turned to normalcy because outside of that, we are just manimals. That is not a, that's not, that's a fact. That is just a fact. Look at Luke 8. Look at Luke 8 and 26. Can you see who wouldn't like a teaching like this or would call this hate speech and, and want this to go away? I'm going to tell you something, guys. That's the nature of the beast. If you were filthy and someone told you how to get clean, why wouldn't you want that? But you see, that's the nature of the beast. You wash off a pig, he'll jump right back in the mud because that's more familiar to him than being clean. That's a part of his nature. That's why we must be born again. Look at Luke 8, guys. Look at verse 26. And it says, and they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city, a man or certain man, which had devils, long time and wear no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in the tomb. So let's look at this gathering demoniac that most people are familiar with in Mark chapter five. If you describe this man, it says that he was full of devils. It's no secret that unsaved people have demons. And it says a long time. And what do demons do when they stay in you a long time? They modify the home which they live in. Look at what the demon did. He wears no clothes. Don't you see society becoming more and more naked today? Neither abode in any house. You got women that don't even want to be wives today, just out and about. You got men that don't even want to be husbands today, just all over the place. All right, out and about, no home, no guidance, no, you know, government, just out and about. And it says, but in the tombs. In other words, the place of like seminaries amongst the dead. This is what the devil will do to you. This is what the unclean spirits and demons do to people. He allows you to become the living dead because without Jesus Christ, you have no life. Look at verse 28. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and with a loud voice said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I beseech thee that thou torment me not. Now we understand that this manimal, okay, was um, inhabited by demons. If you read the uh, Matthew 8 account, it says that there were two coming out of the tombs that were fierce okay, and would attack anyone that came by. So when this man threw himself down, there were two in this man. One was the demons, the other was the man. The man had the, um, you know, the, the strength in him to throw himself before the Lord, realizing he needed help. But when the man threw himself down, the demon is now speaking through the man to Jesus. And he says, what have I to do with thee, Jesus? Thou son of God, the son of God, most high, I beseech thee that thou torment me not. So when the demon saw Jesus, the demon knows that they have an appointed judgment before the Lord. 
So he's asking, are you coming to torment us before our time? They, these demons are scared to death of Jesus. This is why preaching the gospel, people will fight you. It is the demons within that want you to be a manimal that are afraid to get the gospel out that people may give their lives to the Lord. So anyway, he says, let me make the point, verse 29, for he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, but oftentimes it had caught him and he was kept bound with chains and fetters and he broke the bands and was driven out, was driven of the devil into the wilderness. So you find that this man couldn't be kept. He, they would put fetters and chains on him. This man has supernatural, mental, demonic strength. He broke free. And, you know, he would run off into the wilderness. Look at verse 30. And Jesus asked him, saying, what is thy name? And he who is the demon said, a legion, because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. I want to make another point. If you guys read the Mark chapter five account, the Bible makes clear that this guy was cutting himself and crying in the tombs. You know, cutting is, is a real medical condition where you get young women. It usually happens to young women where they feel unworthy because of how they're living or what they're doing. And they will actually cut themselves write somebody's name on their legs. They began to mutilate the body because of the fact that the demons are housed within. You find this today, tattoos and piercings everywhere. Now I'm not talking to a tattoo person that's been saved and given their lives to the Lord because we know that God deals with the inside that he may make the outside right. You can't correct the mistakes that you made on your physical body. But the, the fact of the matter is, why a lot of people go out and they get tattoos and they enjoy the things that they do is because they have demons within or, or without them that influence them. Anybody before they got a tattoo, I can tell you exactly how you felt. Before you got that tattoo, you were having kind of mixed feelings. It looks cool. I want to get it, but I'm not so sure. Looks like the needle's going to hurt. I don't know. My parents may be upset. These things may happen to me. That's the demons influencing you from the outside, okay? That's demonic depression. Once you get your first tattoo, you sit there looking at it, and what happens? You become proud of it. Then enters into you demonic obsession. Now you get to the place of, you know what? I want the whole sleeve. I want to cover up the whole front. Yeah, and I want a butterfly on my chest, and I want a tramp stamp on my behind because I think that, you know, that's going to be sexy. And I think it's going to make me look good. You have entered into the stage of oppression. You couldn't stop if you wanted to. And if you continue to mutilate the body, let demons have their way. Some people are getting today, they slit their tongue so that their tongue will come out like this. I mean, nasty. People have getting implantable horns on their head. They're becoming to look more like Satan. People are covering their face with tattoos, trying to get fangs in their mouths. You know what's happened? You have become possessed. That's the fourth and final stage of someone that wants to mutilate the body. So, you know, for those out there who have given their lives to Jesus, who have tattoos, thank God that the Lord intervened when he did. Because you think you look like something now. You wait to what you would have looked like if the devil had his way with you. What was he trying to turn you into? A manimal. But you see, this is what the gathering demoniac was about. But anyway, uh, let's look at verse 31. 
and they commanded and they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. What's the deep? The abyss. Okay, that's where God will send demons that they don't even want to go. Ain't no place like the abyss. That's one of the lowest stages of hell. It's like a holding tank. Look at verse 32. And there was there a herd of many swine feeding on the mountain, and they besought him that he that he would suffer them to enter into them, and he suffered them. So he let the demons go into the um, herd of swine. Ooh, anyway, and there was there a herd of swine. Oh, I read that. Look at verse 33. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. So as you can see, even some pigs have got more sense than most men. Even the pigs didn't want demons in them. They ran and killed themselves in the sea to be released from demons. Look at verse 34. When they had fed, when they had fed them, oh yeah, when they that fed them, sorry, saw what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and in the country. Then they came, uh, then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Isn't it funny, guys, when we become born again, we might have dressed like the women, you know, might have had really short clothes and still trying to catch a man exposing their bodies. But isn't it kind of funny that when you get saved, no one has to tell you to change your clothing. You eventually change all by yourself because those demons have become departed and the Lord, the Holy Spirit governs your life. And this says that when this man was found with Jesus after the demons departed, he is sitting, he's not running all over the place while he is clothed and notice he's at the feet of Jesus, absorbing as much Jesus as he can. And he is in his right mind and the people were afraid. They were afraid, they should have been afraid of the manimal, but instead they're afraid of the Christian. And that's what you see today. Why this world fights the Christian is because people, this, this society is manimal, okay? They, they identify more with the beast, they identify more with Satan than they do with the living God. So that's why people are afraid when you come around. When you mention Jesus, they feel so uncomfortable. You are dwelling amongst the beast. Anyway, uh, let's see. I'm in verse uh, 36. Uh, no, I read that. Uh, I think I'm in verse 37. And it says, Then the whole multitude of the country of the Gadarenes round about besought him to depart from them, but they were taken with great fear, and he went up into a ship and returned back again. So Jesus left. He said, okay, you guys don't want me. You want to stay demonic. You want to stay evil. You guys don't realize the good work that I've done. I'm leaving. And that's what's happening to America. The Lord is leaving. He's got nothing to do with this God-forsaken place that won't give everything over to him. A church today proclaiming to be Christian, scared to preach the gospel. God's got nothing to do with that mess. Because when God told Adam to be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth and subdue it, okay? That's what God means for his church to do today. Be fruitful, win some souls, multiply and get out there, replenish the earth and subdue it. 
that the devil should be subject to God and his church. Instead, you've got a lot of the church today and the world in subjection to the devil. This is what we're looking at. What's the problem? No Jesus in sight because Jesus needs bodies to work through. He needs willing vessels that will serve him and do what he says. But if we just wanna be manimals, then we can't allow the spirit of God to do what God wants. So anyway, let's look at uh, verse 38. And the man out of whom the devils were departed besought him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to thine own house and shew uh, how great things God have done unto thee. And he went his way and published uh, throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. This man is all alone. The man who was the beast has become the man, and those who thought they were men were truly beasts. He's going around telling everybody about Jesus, okay, and all the goodness that the Lord had done by himself. Okay, Jesus sent him and he went. And look at verse 40. And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. You see that? That's what it's all about. It's about giving your life over to Jesus, preaching the gospel, that souls can be saved, that we can leave the nature of the beast or the manimal and become the true image of the living God. Look at how God can take someone like that and turn them around. Look at Acts 2. Let's go to Acts 2. Let's look at verse 33. Acts 2 and verse 33, it says, Therefore being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath uh, shed forth this, uh, which, which ye now uh, see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit down on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. So what is God expecting to do? He's expecting his church to do the same thing, to make the enemies of God your footstool. When the church has become what God wants it to, and it begins to do what God says, you're going to find the return of Jesus Christ because he's coming back for a church without spot, blemish, or wrinkle. Verse 36, therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter, and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And I want to tell people listening now, much of what I might have said may have pricked you in your heart, but it's only meant to bring you to this one place, that man without God is a beast. So what we're looking at here is the people were pricked in their hearts, and they said, what must we do? Look at verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, repent. And what does repent mean? This is G3340, to change one's mind, to repent, to change one's mind for better, heartily, meaning it's got to be to the heart, to amend with abhorrence and one's past sins. So you've got to get to the place of hating the sin that you commit to repent, to turn away from who you are, 
to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that God may change your heart and get you to come after him. That's what the abhorrence of past sins are. It is to hate what you were and turn towards that which is Christ that you may be made right. So he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So you wanna be clean? You wanna make it right with the Lord? You wanna get back on track, being after God's image and likeness and not the image of the beast? Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, okay? And you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Notice that there are three there, Father, Son, and Spirit, death, burial, and resurrection, whatever. The bottom line is when you follow the Lord, the promise is you will receive the Holy Ghost. Verse 39 says, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other uh, words did he testify and exhort saying, save yourselves from this onward generation. So what do we do when we give our lives to the Lord? When we become born again, give things over to Christ, we save ourselves from an onward generation, a wicked and perverse generation. Look at the word onward, G4646. That word is crooked or curved. Metaphorically, perverse, wicked, unfair, surely, and forward, meaning perverse. So if you notice, we're being saved from a perverse nature, a wicked nature, an, un an unfair nature, and a forward nature. This is the this is the manimal. This is the beast. This is the man that likes to take advantage of women so he can enjoy his sexual life. This is the woman that takes advantage of the man to use him and get what she can to better herself. This is the very nature of man that governs the earth. This is Ahab and Jezebel that we're, that we're being set free from. The very nature of Adam and Eve, the nature of the beast, that we may have the life of Jesus Christ. Save yourselves, get saved. Look at verse 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Now you see, why does it say here that fear came on them once they got saved? Because there was no awareness of who God is. The Holy Ghost job is to make you aware of the presence of God that you're gonna answer to him one day and it's him that we really have to be full of and serve. So when the awareness of God comes into your life that the Holy Ghost brings to that we do not just affect us and others around us, but they affect almighty God. So look at verse 44, and all that believed were together and had all things common. Man, when the church gets to this place, all things common, not believing whatever we want and calling it, you know, truth. We need to have all things common and sold their possessions and goods. You see how unselfish they became, but you see how selfish Adam and Eve had become. But once the, once the beast is subdued and we become what God wants us to be, the selfishness goes out the window. And then it says uh, that they were, um, 
selling their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Why is God adding to the church daily as should be saved? Because every living thing will bring forth after his own kind. If we don't see production in our lives, maybe we haven't reached full spiritual maturity, but there can be another thing. You may not be able to produce the fruit of Christ because you still have the mark of the beast. Those things need to be subdued. We need to give our lives over to the Lord. Let him fill us that we can be fruitful like he had always intended from the beginning. Because he says each living thing will bring forth after his kind. If we're not productive in the kingdom, we need to check what time, what kind we are. We need to look at that. Maybe we're not at full maturity. So don't take everything I'm saying as you're not saved. That's not what I mean. But we as a young girl must grow to the stage of becoming a woman where she can eventually have children. You and I must grow to the place of being full that we can bring forth after our kind, which is Christ. So hopefully that makes sense, guys. But it says, you know, God added to the church. What adds to the church? The life of Christ. What adds to the world? The life of the beast. Every living thing will bring forth after its own kind. Now you've seen what a repentant heart looks like. Let's look at what a beast heart looks like. Let's go to Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7, and let's look at verse 49. This is Stephen standing before the Sanhedrin of those who don't want to hear the gospel. Be received in two different ways because a beast has no desire to change. But if you're repentant, God can change that beast nature and make you like Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Acts 7, look at verse 49. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will ye build me, saith the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Have not my hand um, made all these things? Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart. You see, that's the nature of the, of the manimal. Stiff-necked, hard-headed, and uncircumcised in heart, heart made of stone. And ears ye do always, um, and, and in ears. So you're not just uncircumcised in heart. You can't even hear the truth. This is why most people go off into delusion. They've got to get rid of that manimal mind that they can have the spirit of God that will bring them into all truth and righteousness. So what does he say about the manimal in verse 51? He says, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted and they have slain them which, they have sl slain them which shoot before of the coming of the just one of whom ye have been, now the betrayers and murderers. This is true. All these false religious leaders, all these people that were supposed to be Israel, all the false churches today are persecuting all the true prophets, all the true pastors, all the true teachers, because that is the beast nature. Cain killed Abel. Esau sought to kill Jacob. You see, um, Ishmael desired to kill Isaac. 
It's the same age old war. Even Adam desires to kill Jesus Christ. It's the same war of those who, who don't want to repent and get right with God will try and kill the righteous ones. But every prophet, going back to Isaiah, Hosea, all those prophets that you look at, every single one of them were killed by the religious mind, by the, by the beast, those who did not want the words of God to govern society. Verse 53, who have received the law by the disposition of angels uh, and have not kept it. When they heard these words, think of the devil, when they heard these things, they were cut to their heart. So the same reaction happened to them, which happened in Acts chapter two. So when they heard these words, they were convicted, cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. So they're standing before Stephen, showing their teeth angry. Why didn't they just receive the truth and say, you know what, let me get saved? Because you see, a manimal that has the nature of a manimal that has not been enlightened to Christ, or even if he has, doesn't desire him, his very nature will reject the gospel. So if you look at this, they gnashed on him with their teeth, but he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up unto steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens open and the son of man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried with a loud voice and stopped up their ears. You see that? They didn't wanna hear even Stephen saying one thing about God. So they stopped up their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said that, he fell asleep. You know why? Because Stephen is gonna be resurrected. Stephen is going to be with the Lord because Stephen had God's image and God's likeness. But these people didn't wanna hear the truth. They laid down their clothes before Saul and they stoned Stephen. This is the same Saul who was a beast himself that persecuted the church. But on the road to Damascus, when God exposed to him who he was, then Paul became a changed man. His name even changed. He went from, let's see what Saul means. Well, I don't have time to look into that, but I know that there was some significance between the name of Saul and Paul. But when he changed, he became an advocate for the Lord, no more the image of the beast, but he bore the image of Christ that he may do the will of Christ. That's what this is about. But you see an unrepentant heart will desire to destroy the gospel and destroy you. Man, that's what it's about. Look at 2 Timothy. Um, well, look, let's go to Romans 1. I'm not gonna go too long tonight, but in your spare time, read 2 Timothy chapter three. He said in the last days, perilous times would come because men will become lovers of their own selves. If you look at the manimal, it says that he would be covetous, proud, blasphemer, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, you know, fierce, um, incontinent, I believe, you know? But it says despisers of those that are good, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. It's probably not in that order, but that's what you see society becoming today. It's becoming nasty. It's becoming filthy. It's becoming self-loving. It has nothing to do with God. 
And that's what we were living in today. So why any of us want to be a part of this is really beyond me. I think that they had, they need to be born again. Look at Romans 1, and let's look at verse 18. Verse 18. God's like, man, he is really having a fit today. No, I'm not having a fit, man. I want people to really understand what I saw last night. What we have become as a nation, how we can think we're good all we want, but unless we've got the life of Christ in us, man, we are nothing more than beast. Look at Romans 1, look at verse 18. He says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. So we went over who some of those men are. Those that are telling you a child is born gay. You know, those that are telling you you evolved from a monkey. Those that are telling you that you don't need Jesus Christ to live. You can just do whatever it is you want. That's the doctrine of the beast. They hide the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God hath shewed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So God gives us his word. God gives us all these things that we may be without excuse. We know that God created the heavens and the earth because God's word says it. But if you want to believe NASA, and you want to believe all these lies, you want to believe these lying scientists that you evolved from a monkey, that there was some big bang. Yeah, I don't mind the big bang, but my big bang was God said, let there be light. Okay, but their big bang is that there was some little, you know, thing smaller than a period on the page, and it was in the middle of nowhere, and it just started spinning for no reason, just spinning, you know, spinning for no purpose, and then boom. It exploded. And then all of a sudden we became primordial slime. Then we got washed up on the beach, a rock struck by lightning. It rained on the rocks for millions of years. Then you became a monkey and a lizard and an insect. And all of a sudden we're here. No, that's garbage, man. But you see, this is what they want to teach people and they want people to believe. This is how we are without excuse. We are here because God made us. Verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. You see that? Neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imagination and their foolish heart was darkened. So they were exposed to God's word. There was no excuse for them, but they didn't want to glorify the one true God. But they were they became vain in their imagination. And what happens? Their foolish heart is darkened. Let's create our own God. You see, this is how insane man can become when he won't accept the truth. Let's create our own gospel. Let's believe that Jesus Christ came back already. You see, let's just move on. So anyway, look at verse 22. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. You see that? And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. What happened? They changed the glory of an uncorruptible God and made him like the image of what? 
corruptible man, the manimal, the one that failed in the garden, the one that is no more than a beast when he doesn't have God. And it says, and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things, going right back to the beginning, all right, that we read in this chapter, you know, in uh, Genesis 1. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, the dishonor of their own bodies between themselves. So once you take God out of the picture, once you convince man that he evolved from a monkey, once you tell man that he's no more than a beast and there is no God, then man will give himself over to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to, to dishonor their own bodies. Why not fornicate? There's no God telling us we need to be married. Oh yeah, that, we heard that, but there is no God. We can just go on and do what we want. Look at verse 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature, the manimal, more than the creator who is blessed forever, amen. As they began to obey Satan and not God, you see the glory of God come off of them. He kicked them out of the garden. They were subject to death. They now had the nature of the beast instead of the nature of almighty God. So he became perverse. This is not what God made. This is some type of hybrid, some strange creature. But once they changed the truth of God, look at verse 26. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. What are we talking about here? Homosexuality. When you look at this, it says that they, they went into vile affections. Vile is nasty, disgusting, detestable, unthinkable, unlikely, never, I mean, unworldly, never happened in a million years. I love what Pastor Price said about this verse in verse 26, because he says there became a shocking statement that even the women, women are supposed to be cleaner than men. Women are supposed to be like comforters, you know. Women are supposed to be the, the glory of the man. Like if the man is the flower, the woman is the blossom of the bud. That's what we're supposed to be. But the Bible says here, even the women change the natural use into that which is against nature. So a woman became a lesbian. Okay, she began to use her body for different things other than what it was supposed to. And notice that it says against nature, because what is God's nature? Male and female, that they may reproduce, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. The beast nature is two men together and two women together. So as you can see, there's a perversion taking place here. Verse 27 says, and likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, unlikely, otherworldly, square peg and round hole, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was me. So you see, sin has payment. They don't tell you about all the sin that takes place in homosexuality. Men, instead of desiring, and I don't want to get graphic, guys. Instead of desiring the part, the body of a woman, you know, a woman's body, you can tell accommodates a man because everything that a man doesn't have, a woman has. They, these two fit together perfectly like a puzzle. 
So instead of desiring the natural use of the woman, he desires through his corrupt manimal mind to turn and lust after another man, penetrating him in his behind. I'm not trying to get graphic, guys, but you guys have to see what the manimal is all about. He, he'd rather penetrate a man in his behind and drink his semen all because of the fact that he is perverse in his nature. I remember Pastor Price said that somebody told him, show me in the Bible where oral, or, or oral sex is wrong. And Pastor Price said, man, you, you need somebody to tell you not to eat and drink out of the toilet. But you see, that's what the manimal goes after. Not what God wants. The manimal will be perverse in his thinking and look for every defiled, disgusting thing that he can be a part of. If I hurt your feelings tonight, I'm, I make no apologies. We all need to get right. Some of us were in this lifestyle and Jesus Christ saved us. He took us from the place of being manimals unto righteous men and women of God. And God will do the same for you if you come before him and you repent and you are broken over your sin and you plead the blood of Jesus Christ over you. He can save your life. And, you know, their error was me. Most homosexuals don't live beyond 40 years old. A lot of people don't know that. Suicide rate is high. You know, look at verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Now, you guys remember this happened to Stephen. All Stephen said is, Lord, receive my spirit. Lay not this sin to their charge. And what did they do? They stopped up their ears. I don't want to hear no God. I don't want God in school. I don't want God in the world. I don't want the Bible being distributed out regularly like this. This is the beast. This is what they're describing. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which were not convenient. You know, this is the place of beyond saving. If you can hear this message tonight, guys, you can hear it loud and clear and you desire to change. It is not too late for you. But if you keep shaking your fist at God, if you keep hating him, Every time you hear this, you turn it off, especially if you call yourself a Christian. It's even worse for you because you know the truth, but you're going along with the status quo, which is what we talked about uh, two nights ago. But we better recognize one thing, that we need to be saved. And if you can hear this, guys, it's not too late. But if you can't hear it and you desire not to follow Jesus Christ, there's a chance your mind could be rotten to the core. If you've got any fear whatsoever or any common sense, you better throw yourself down before Christ and get right. Look at the word reprobate. Not standing the test, not approved, properly used of metals and coins, that which does not prove itself such as it ought. Unfit for, unproved, spurious, and reprobate. Man, you don't want it to happen to you. You're a castaway. You're rejected if you allow yourself to corrupt to this place that you won't let Jesus Christ save your life. You might be underwater right now. There may be just your hand showing and you're drowning. You better call for that life raft and plead for help so that the Lord and his precious blood can come down and yank your butt out of the water before it's too late. Repent. Give your life to Jesus Christ. 
The Bible says if we confess our sins, our God is faithful and just to forgive us of those sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Believe on Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to beat you down. I'm pleading with you to give your life to the Lord and understand what love is for the first time. Be made over the new creature. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away and behold, all things become new. Man, get tired of who you are and give it to Jesus Christ while there is time. Look at this, verse 29. Look at what the reprobate mind is, guys. Being filled with all unrighteousness. Now, you guys remember in, in, um, in the days of Noah, it says that when those angels came down and made it with men and taught mankind its ways, that man could only think of sin, only think of evil continually. He was a manimal. And this is what the devil's trying to do today. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers. Look at the word malignity, because some people may not know what it means. This is G2550, bad character, depravity of heart and life, malignant, uh, subtlety, malicious, and craftiness. So you see, this is what the reprobate do. Then you look at maliciousness, you guys know what that means. I'm gonna look for all these words because I want people to have an understanding. Whisperers, those are people that like slandering and talking behind people's backs. Backbiters, betrayers, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection. Two things that I can mention that are without natural affection are abortion and homosexuality. It's not normal to want to kill your kids, but you know what? Dogs do this. If a dog recognizes that the litter is sick, the dog will kill its own. Even if the female just had them, if she can smell sickness on them, she will kill them. That's what a beast does. But we know as men and women, all things can be restored in Jesus Christ and the Lord can make all things whole. What's the result of a lot of handicaps today, disabilities and mental illness? Sin. Sin, it's the devil corrupting the gene pool, destroying lives. It wasn't what God originally made. So you see, without understanding covenant breakers, without natural affection, it's not normal for a man to lust after a man or to pretend to be a woman. It's not normal for a woman to kill her own kids or lust after another woman. That is without natural affection. Something has gone wrong. Implacable, look at the word, G786. That word is without a treaty or covenant. So in other words, without control, without government, of things not mutually agreed upon, abstinences from hostilities that cannot be persuaded to enter into a covenant, implacable. So you see, that's why when you preach the gospel and a lot of people won't receive it, implacable. God ain't gonna govern over me. What does 2 Peter 2 call them? Natural brute beast those who will not be governed by the Lord, manimals. And he says, unmerciful. Only God is mercy. Man doesn't know mercy. Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, 
not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So it's one thing to be a sinner and repent and get right with Christ. It's another thing to be a sinner and have pleasure in it and tell God to get out of my face. Man, go off. I don't want to hear you. We are playing with dangerous, dangerous ground. You know, let's look at Revelation 13. And then I'm going to I'm going to finish with Jude, but look at Revelation 13. But you know, Isaiah 13 and Isaiah 34 spoke of the future. It spoke of this Babylon the Great. And one thing that was mentioned in it was this, that there would be wild beasts and satyrs that would dance there. Transhumanism is just the beginning. Transhumanism can't be unless man has the heart of a beast. They are pushing. This is why you've got these comic book heroes. Some of your favorite cartoon comic book heroes were hybrids or animals themselves. What is the purpose? That man may desire to be a supernatural beast. And you see, the devil's going to do this. For all those who don't see what we are in Christ, for all those who know that we are the temple of God, we're not going to receive it. But for those that, that desire things outside of God's governing, you watch. People are already implanting things into their bodies because they want to be more than what God made. And when you've got that, you've got the nature of the beast. What is a satyr? That's like a goat-like being. You know, you ever see like a man with a goat's body or a goat-like being, like the Baphomet or Pan? That's what's going to be dancing in Babylon in the last days. Man, we are headed towards some crazy times. And this is no time to get outside of the Lord. Revelation 13, guys, we're going to start with the false prophet. Revelation 13 and 11, it says, and I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. Notice that the first beast in this chapter was called just that, a beast. It is the Antichrist. Anything that will not, that is in place of Christ or, you know, against Christ is the very nature of a beast. And that's what the Antichrist was. Now you guys are looking at the false prophet, which is also a beast. He says, and I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spake as a dragon. So even though he tried very hard to paint his image as a little comely lamb, as a very friendly and nice person, when he speaks, his true manimal nature shows. He speaks like a dragon. Joel Steen looks like a lamb, but Joel Steen speaks like a dragon. Why? Because he speaks against the true gospel of Jesus Christ. He turns man to his own appetite and not to the appetite of Jesus Christ. Verse 12, and he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him and causeth the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. This is what you're going to see today. A lot of people, you know, some people think it's the Antichrist is going to die and be brought back like a resurrection of Christ. I also think it has a lot to do with, you know, a world power that has died or received a deadly wound like the Catholic Church or those that follow in that system and that deadly wound being healed. But anyway, the devil himself, the Bible says that God would crush his head, but the devil may be down and out, but he's not dead. He's still going around claiming as many souls as he wants. But let me get off that. Let's get back into this. It says in verse 13, and he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth 
by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by the sword and did live. So as you can see, guys, the whole thing is about the resurrection of the beast. When you look at this whole thing, the devil's going to get to a point, I want to make an image. Now, this image is debated among theologians, but one thing I know for sure is it will be Antichrist. Some people are pointing towards AI. Some people are, are pointing towards, you know, Nebuchadnezzar's image. But one thing we know for sure is it will be an image of a man. And I think this thing will have no soul because when you look at Revelation 20, when the false prophet and the beast are thrown into the, the, um, the lake, there is no mention whatsoever of the image of the beast. So this thing may be, you know, some type of, you know, machine or whatever the fact it is. But one thing we know for sure is that this thing is going to live. Okay, this thing, if you don't worship it, you are going to be killed. Now, you know, Pastor Price did a teaching maybe three years ago. I, I think it's called tribal laws or something like that. But he made clear that everything is tribal. Everything belongs to a tribe. And what defines every tribe? The very nature of that tribe. Some people have said, I'm not going to take the mark of the beast. You may not have a choice. If you don't have the life of Jesus Christ, you will take it by nature. That's why when Jesus Christ says that the ruler of this world comes and he has nothing in me, that's what the Lord was talking about. The Lord was talking about no devil in him whatsoever and nothing the devil has that he wanted. He subdued all those things, walked in the power of the spirit, and that's why the Bible tells us whom the son is set free is free indeed. You will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And what is the truth? Adam must die so that Jesus Christ can live. Look at verse 15. Oh, the false prophet, and he had the power to give life unto the beast, unto the image of the beast, sorry, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead. Let me tell you guys, the mark is just gonna be the finishing touches. That's it. So you can say you resist the mark all you want. You may already have it, okay? Because look at what it says. It will be in their right hands or in their foreheads. The forehead is the mind and the hand is the works. We better start giving it over to Jesus and letting him work and stop doing things in your own will thinking that you can do it because that's the very nature of a beast to not have the government of God. Verse 17 says, and that no man might buy or sell save he or except he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. So you receive the mark. The mark is just that, you know, little insignia that's gonna go in your skin that is gonna allow your nature to remain and not change. It says the name of the beast, that's your title. Do you identify with the beast? Do you like what the beast likes? Do you follow the things that the beast says because the beast laws says it's okay? Do you stand for the beast or do you stand for Christ? And then it says, and the number of his name. If you've been born again, 
Have you given your life over to Jesus for real or are you living the life of the beast? You see, because there's no hypocrite that's gonna enter into the kingdom of heaven. You know, 1 Corinthians 6 and 9 says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God, be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, that's a soft man pretending to be a woman, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, that is homosexuality, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And Paul says, and such were some of you. Some of us were in that lifestyle, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of God. We must be born again, guys, because outside of that, there is no nature of the beast that will inherit the kingdom of God. So it says, or oh, the number of his name. Look at the number. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 600, three score, and six. You know, 666. If you look at it, man, you know, six, body, soul, and spirit. Man and beast were made on the sixth day. Are you the man that has slain the beast that has given his life to Christ? Or are you the beast that has slain man that is beast, body, soul, and spirit? We got to recognize what this is, man. We need to be born again to give all over to the Lord. Look at Jude 1, guys, and I'm closing from there. Sorry to go so long tonight. Jude 1. And I want to look at verse 14, Jude 1 and 14, and I am closing from there. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So what is God coming to do? Convince people to get saved, but he's gonna execute judgment on all those who wanna be ungodly and not seek the government of God. He says, these are murmurers and complainers, walking after their own lust, and their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. This is what you see everywhere. You've got the beast governing man, people murmuring, complain, don't like God's word. They walk after their own lust. In your spare time, read Philippians chapter three, where it talks about their end is destruction, their God is their belly, they mind earthly things, and there's always one that I cannot remember. If anybody can pull that up, get it. Their God is their belly, their end is destruction, their uh, glory and their shame, and they mind earthly things. Thank you, Jesus. But as you can see, you can't be governed by a nature of a beast. You gotta have all things in subjection to Jesus Christ. Verse 17 says, but beloved, now he's speaking to his people. Remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. So when you tell people about Christ and they don't want to believe it, don't worry about it. 
These people were prophesied from the beginning that they would be mockers and scoffers in the last days who would walk after their own lust. He says, these be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the spirit. Another word for sensual is natural. That word is sukekos. That means to be soulish. That means a man who perceives by his five senses. He's got more of the nature of a beast than the nature of God. Look at the word sensual. G5591, that word is sukikos. It says, of or belonging to breath, having the nature and characteristics of the breath, the principle of animal life, which men have in common with the brutes, governed by breath, the sensuous nature, which is subjection to appetite and passion. Man, we better get out of here and get right with Christ because that is the nature. So what do they do? They separate themselves sensual of a beast-like nature governed by their senses, having what? Not the spirit. But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some, have compassion, making a difference, and others saved by fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, okay, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Now notice it says unto him that is able to keep us from falling. That's what this whole thing is about, guys. If we walk in the spirit, we won't fulfill the lust and the desires of the flesh. So, you know, I just want to say to people out there, I love you. These words can be hard. They can cut deep. But what's the desire? That God may have man in his image and likeness once again, that you won't go to a burning hell and spend eternity there, never getting out, weeping and gnashing of teeth, and the worm dieth not. There will be no sleep day or night. You will always remain in that eternal state unless you allow yourself to become born again and give your life to Jesus while there is time. Thank you, Sister Naima. The Spirit actually pulled it up, and I remember um, that. But thank you for going through the effort to pull it up. But you see, guys, give your life to Christ. Believe Jesus Christ is the only way to be saved. Repent. Turn away from that animal nature and have the nature of Christ. Get right with him because he loves you. He wants you to come home. He wants you to stop dealing in the mud and get serious. Because when he burns this thing up, he's going to call all his saints out of it that we may be with him forever and ever. So repent and be baptized. Get saved. Confess your sins and our God will forgive you of those sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So let's pray, guys. And I think we're going to go out from there, you know, and uh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your message. Let's pray and let's be done. Heavenly Father, Lord, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this time of sharing. We thank you for the word of God that is able to save our souls. Right now, we commit this time to you, Lord, and we ask you. Lord, that you clean us from our secret faults and presumptuous sins. 
that you clean us from all unrighteousness, Lord, for all hearts that have heard this message that are sinning and still sinning, that need repentance, Lord, I pray that your wave of your Holy Spirit in the blood of Christ washes them clean, that they may be the new creature, that they may desire to follow after you and do all that you say. Lord, I thank you for the brothers and sisters, Lord, that support this ministry and Omega Ministries, the brothers and sisters that can hear the truth, Lord, that desire you to walk with you. I thank you for every single soul, Lord, that can hear these words, that it's not too late for them, that they may give themselves over. So we just pray for more time, Lord, to win souls into the kingdom. We pray for more time to get built up and filled. We pray for more time that when you look at that gold that has been tried by fire, that we may see your reflection in it, Lord, that you may see your reflection, that we may be as you are. For Lord, we know that when you come, that we will be like you and you are coming back for a church without spot, blemish or wrinkle. So I pray for an anointing on every single listener. I pray for every unrepentant heart that Lord, you hang them over hell for a half hour, that they may be able to see what befalls them if they won't allow you to change their nature that they may repent and get right with you, that they have sleepless nights until they, you know, get released unto the high sheriff of heaven. We pray, Lord, that you bring your spirit, that you track down every soul, that you lock them up, Lord, and that you bring them into the kingdom because they're nothing more than fleeing felons that have stolen a body that belongs to you, that is your temple, that you desire to have again, that you may fill and be glorified. So we just pray, Lord, and we ask that all these things be done for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, you know, that's the lesson for tonight, guys. Um, I, I'm most likely gonna be teaching tonight too on the man in the mirror. So I need to go get prayed up and rested up and get it right with Christ. This is what the Lord put on my heart today. So, you know, this is what I'm preaching. So Brother Sal, Brother Charles, Sister Naima, Sister Melissa, Sister Sarah, uh, Sister Gadagape. Uh, let's see who else was on tonight. Uh, Brother Christian, uh, Brother Derek. Uh, let's see who else. Um, uh, let's see. Brother Frederick and so many. Um, man, Brother Daryl, uh, Brother Randy, Brother Kev, Brother Rock T. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, Sister Chastity, uh, Sister Nicole. I think I said Sister, La no, I didn't say Sister Latoya. You know, uh, Brother Cord and so many. Lord, we just pray that, uh, Lord, you use every soul. Get your people ready for a time that you know is coming, that we can stand in the evil day. So I thank you for Pastor Price, Sister Barbara. I also want to tell people about the organic gospel book that proves that the gospel is organic. You can't try to be a Christian. In order to get rid of that manimal nature, we've got to give all things over to Jesus Christ. Okay, let us learn of the simplicity of the gospel. There's plenty of scripture in here. You can't try to be a Christian, but go through the process of being transformed from faith to faith, glory to glory, that we may become righteous seeds that will do the will of the Lord. This book is 1395. It's by Pastor Price and Maisha Hunter. You can get it at www.theorganicgospel.net, okay? So it's a good read. Don't cheat yourself, treat yourself. And they overcame by Brother Jeremiah, Coach P, that we all know. 
you know, um, get this book too. It's about the testimonies of overcoming. This is the second edition that they have out that will help you. My testimony is in here too. And you know, it's about how saints were once troubled by sin, but they have become overcomers. So sometimes hearing the testimony of saints, iron sharpening iron can get us all right. You can get this on Lulu Books for $7.99. So, you know, I recommend these two books. You know, we're not selling books for cash. We're trying to set saints free that they can get rid of the manimal and have the life of Jesus Christ. So I just want to say I love you guys. I'm Minister Derek Hallett of Sound the Trumpet Ministries, soundthetrumpetministries.com. Uh, tonight's teaching will be The Man in the Mirror at 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. 10 p.m. Eastern time. So I just want to say I love you all. Don't forsake your prayer closet. Spend time with the Lord. And at least until tomorrow night, have, or at least later tonight or tomorrow, have a good night. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.